Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom Quee here. We are back with yet another edition of the show. Today we are tackling one of the band's Ramones covers. As you know, the Ramones from Metallica are in a, a vaulted spot up there on the Mount Olympus of influences with your uh, Diamond Heads and, and your Motorheads, etc. They're, they're a band that Lars and the crew just can't get enough of. I've actually covered Ramones, I think, four, five times, something like that. But this is the penultimate of their covers, Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World. And, um, yeah, just before we get to the guest and the song, please follow us at MetallicaPod. Get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. If you want to come on the show, you want to critique anything myself and a guest have said, you want to discuss a, a concert or a top ten or whatever, we got lots of cool stuff like that coming up. Because, unfortunately, guys, as we are so close to the end of our run, there's no guest spots available. I mean, if you want to go on a waiting list or whatever, which is very, very formal, but, you know, it, it does happen people do drop out and i love to slot people in and guests and stuff so yeah get in touch with me there but uh, on the horizon we have a guitar hero metallica retrospective history coming up really looking forward to recording that with tommy and metal massacre the tape that you know kind of broke metallica to a certain way myself and dave are going to review the whole thing from 1982 metallica is the final track the 10th track on that we're going to talk a bit being talking about bands like bitch Bands like Pandemonium, bands like Avatar, bands that I've never heard of, and I'm sure you haven't either. Black and Blue as well open up the disc. But it has been brilliant going through this gloriously unironic 80s metal. So, uh, yeah, look out for those. Those will go on the Patreon first, patreon.com forward slash alphabetallica. So... If you enjoy the show, you want to get back to the show, you get access to content like that weeks, months before it comes out. It's an RSS feed. Download it straight to your phone. Listen on YouTube. All that good stuff. Uh, what else do we have? iTunes. Leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe. Spotify. All the various stuff. But to go with my guest, you know, it's always good with a guest to have a fellow podcaster on, especially a fellow musical podcaster. But I've never had a fellow musical podcaster who also does an alphabetical deep dive into a single band. I don't think that's ever happened before. But uh, fittingly, from Ramones of the Day, Philip, how's it going, Philip? It's good. How are you? Very well. And you have came at the end of it. You've actually finished the journey, right? I yes, we 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 closed it up. We retired like the band uh, on top, mm-hmm. finished, locked it up, and like the Ramones, never speak to each other again. Just walk. <laughs> so uh, I haven't actually listened to the part. I mean, Ramones of the day. The pun is incredible. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost the reason we did it. Yeah, yeah. was we came up. With, you come up with a stupid pun, and you're like, boy, that's that's good enough to spend five years on. <laughs> was it five years it took you? I don't actually it didn't take five years, but it was it felt like five years. No, we did. We kind of went in our own at our own pace. Yeah, I, I I commend you for having like it seems like you are you are keeping up a two a week two a week. I do now. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, we we were at that for a while, but then after a while, uh, no, it took us three years to get through 180 songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite comparable, really, because I think Metallica have around 160 odd. So it, so it's a similar kind of length. Yeah. And like, you know, what what was the format? Because I'm like, I'm actually going to go back and listen. I should have listened to your episode on this song, really. If I was a yeah, diligent it's, podcaster. it's funny. Yeah, I I actually partly re-listened to our episode <laughs> on that. So this will be like the I don't know what you call it, like the sister sequel yeah. to that. So people who've listened to that are be like, I need more of this, and mm-hmm. then they can come to this one, and then they they need more, and they go to the other one. We spin them back and forth. And did you ever did you ever bring up Metallica in Ramones of the Day? Because oh, we did, yeah. we did actually, because of the same reasons you brought up the Ramones is that they covered a number of their songs, mm-hmm. but um, 
oddly enough, we did not mention them on this one because I think alphabetically we had already discussed them with Commando and 53rd and 3rd yeah. and, and those type of things. Uh, and there was so much other stuff to talk about, frankly, <laughs> not to no, not of put too fine a point on it with this song, but the subject matter begged mm-hmm. other discussion points. So, yeah, but we definitely did. And, um, you know, as a lot of listeners know, my first podcast that I did was about Tom Waits. I'm, I'm obsessed with Tom Waits and actually, oh, man. yeah, yeah, I actually resumed the podcast. Like, I kind of started myself and my, my close friend Sam for like the first year, we went through his old discography and then we brought it back. We had like a three year break and we brought it back a few months ago. Damn in the whole people. I mentioned it a million times ad nauseum. But um, did you ever huh. mention Waits? Because people might not be aware, but um, we did. I, I think it's we the, did it's actually. Fun- and, and here's and here's a funny story that'll wrap everything up. Okay. Right. So we managed to – so first of all, the Ramones covered Tom Waits on their last album. There was a first track of their last album, wasn't it? I don't it was their first up. track, I Don't Want to Grow Up. Mm-hmm. Um, C.J. Ramone was the one who brought that song to the band. And for those who may not know, C.J. Uh, was the bass player who replaced Dee Dee okay. uh, in the band. Um, and basically brought sort of new blood and would actually show up on time, didn't have a nagging heroin problem. So they liked him well enough right. for, and, a, and his name was still comprised of two letters. So he's slightly, so, yeah, yeah. It all fits on the t-shirt. Yeah. It's perfect. But here's the funny thing. So he's the one who brought, uh, that brought Tom Waits material to the band. And we found that out because we got to interview him on the show. Cool. Um, so here's where it really ties together. Supposedly after the Ramones retired, uh, Metallica considered CJ to replace Jason Ooh. as the bass player. So we're all a lot of our DNA is mixing here, Tom. Yeah, we have our alphabetical podcast world, and your band is touching my band, and my band's messing with your band, and they're maybe switching bass players around, and they don't do it, and so it's this. This was bound to happen. This is destiny. <laughs> and talk to me about. Um, oh, of course, Waits as well. I mean, just to get back on with it, he covered yeah. a Ramon oh, yeah. song, uh, Return of Jackie and Judy, right? Yes, yes, he did. And didn't he yeah. do another one as well? Um, Danny Says? Did he do Danny Says? He did do Danny Says on, on I don't know Orphans. Them. If, if he did, I'm looking that up, because that would be... Yeah, he did do Danny Says, um, because we, yeah, we recently did an episode of, of Waits' best covers, and we mentioned that one, oh, and it's oh. a completely different version. Like, it's not like today, where it's a kind of Metallicanized version of Ramones, but it's still, you know, right. the Ramones DNA. Like, it's, it's a real kind of solemn, you can hear the fingers moving on the fretboard, <laughs> kind of, you know, late night candlelight. But um, let's get into Metallica. You and okay. Metallica, Philip, like, where did that begin? Me and Metallica. Um... Well, I'll, I'll get even more biographical, uh, biographical, I should say. Biographical, um, I like the myself. word, though, yeah. <laughs> biographical. <laughs> um, I, I grew up in a really small town in the middle of Illinois, in the middle of uh, America, in the middle of nothing. Right. And so consequently, we were always sort of behind the times on a lot of things. So I grew up, I, I graduated high school in, in 1994. So, I mean, I was impacted by the Black Album, but I don't think I knew anybody who really knew Metallica and I wasn't musically savvy at that point to seek anything out. I probably knew them from some kids writing it on the desk. <laughs> yeah. Um but and I'm I'm actually really glad this came up. But I did know them. Uh you know, like the 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 album was ubiquitous. Uh-huh. It was everywhere, right? So everyone's got it. And here's my my weird like lingering oh my god, they're amazing and huge moment was not directly from the band. But it was at a high school basketball game. 
um, the pep band, the band that's playing like the fight songs and everything, they started playing Enter Sandman. And this is like 1992 or 1993. And the I'm on the team, the opposing team, and I'm listening to the song. And then a couple of my teammates are looking at each other. And I'm like, are they playing Enter Sandman? The the pep band is playing Enter Sandman? And then we started listening to it. And we're like, do we like this pep band's version of Enter Sandman? Hmm. And, and it's one of those things where like, you can tell that the kids who have been made to play, you know, Eye of the Tiger and whatever, and Louie Louie for the rest of their life in Pep Band, but then they're like, damn it, we're fighting for this, and we're going to kick the hell out of this song. <laughs> and they really did a great job. And so then, from then on, I'm always, I have a weird lens of Metallica to be like, they were big enough to make that Pep Band good. <laughs> like, that, there's something to these guys. But it was kind of peppified, I imagine. Like, it was it, still, it yeah. was. It, it was, but not like, I mean, you watch like college football games and like, that's a pet band, but you could tell that you could just tell that there was like, there were some metal kids in this pet band. They were like, look, it's small town. We want to play music. We'll take it anywhere. But as soon as they got that opportunity to be like, we can play Enter Sandman, you guys. I, I know I have a saxophone, but we can play this and we can do it. And it was, it would make you oddly proud that they of how well they did i'm still really excited for knoxville pet band <laughs> and going beyond the gymnasium like sure. did, <laughs> yes, please, did you did thing. you dig into the back catalog were you following the band you know henceforth or um i would ne- you would never uh mistake me as a metallica fan mm-hmm. i think uh i definitely knew of them uh i followed them going forward um but i was i, I worked in a music store uh, so I still remember like the hype. I was working at the music store when Load came out, and like that was one of the first times we we stayed open till midnight, mm. which was a big deal because like we didn't have enough customers really to merit it, but we did for that. And so I was like, oh, that's a big deal. And then I remember even myself not being that into it, into Load, mm. um, and that then spurred. What I probably what probably happens with a lot of bands where it's like they have a bunch of catalog is you mention that to the right or wrong person and they're like, look, man, what you got to do is you're going to take these CDs home and you're going to listen to those. <laughs> so after a while, that's how I accumulated going through the earlier stuff and then and then kind of just filing it away. But but I would still never say that I like I was. I did I didn't make a podcast about Metallica. Yeah, that was that was not going to be. I was going to bring no expertise like you are to that. I, uh, but I, but yeah, I, I have enjoyed them and I've seen some, uh, kind of monster and I routinely play the albums, you know, as they come up. But I, but yeah, that's a weird rambly defensive answer, but no, I get it. I get it. They're not one of your favorite bands. They're a band you enjoy. Like, yeah, like the band squeeze, for example, with myself, (laughs) they're they're not like my ultimate band, but when some of the jams come on, I'm like, Oh, this is a fucking great band. Like, so, you know, we talk about Metallica, we talk about Ramones and Metallica, of course. And, you know, Metallica did loads of Ramones covers, I think for the St. Anger sessions, in so many ways, St. Anger was kind of a, you know, a disrobing, a sort of a, a journey backwards. And, this right. is clearly quite familiar to them and the, the songs are quite easy really you know they're not as technically demanding as a lot of the other stuff um you know 53rd and third was the first one that came out on the we're a happy family the tribute to ramones right um i don't know if you listen much to that that cover album i did yeah um i to tell you the truth 
And I don't know how you, I should check out your. So I've listened to a lot of your episodes, but not all of them. Also, mm-hmm. um, I definitely listened to the ones you talked about the Ramon songs. That's how oh, I started. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but like I've dipped in and out. It was like, oh, what do you think about uh, Seek and Destroy? You know, like dipping into those yeah. things. Um, but that particular album, I don't know. It's funny. I was thinking about this in relation to the song we're talking about today, where I don't often like covers of Ramon songs unless they do something kind of weird with it, a la that Tom Waits version. Yeah. You know, it was almost like, I don't know, I, it, I, it's going to shoot my own show in the foot, but I almost feel like Metallica covering the Ramones is kind of like, isn't that a step back for you guys? I know, like, yeah. Yeah, the the Ramones is just, it's just the Ramones music is just distilling something to its core, isn't it? And it's like you can't yeah. split an atom any further. Like it's yeah. just it's yeah, you know, it's, this is the atom, you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, this is it. It's the essence. And yeah. yeah, um I mean the only reason really I mentioned that album, uh, We're a Happy Family, is because uh, just look at the album cover now. Rob Zombie did the cover artwork and apparently Stephen King wrote the liner notes, a huge Ramones fan. Yes. That's cool. Yes, he is. Didn't know that. He is. He's he like named characters after the band and and you know they wrote pet cemetery for him and the legend is like dd wrote it in a night while hanging out in stephen king's basement which Mm. sounds far-fetched except he's kind of like that and when you listen to the song you're almost like oh that does kind of sound like a guy wrote it in a single draft in a basement (laughs) but you know it's like i can see it um but yeah he's he's a huge ramones fan that's cool. So we'll get into the track then, which comes in with the German countdown, kind of like Commando, which is yeah. a song we covered earlier. I really like Commando, actually. It's probably one of my favorite of their covers. A lot of energy in that chorus. Yes. I think I, not to beat, you know, get to the jump to, what am I trying to say? Get to the punchline too fast, but I think I prefer their Commando to this one. Yeah. Today you're yeah, I agree. I agree. I've got to say, you know, I listen to the songs a lot before the episodes and listen to the originals. And they've actually played this live as well um, at Chemo. Did they play this live? They've played this live once. You probably wouldn't have found it online because they've kind of locked it away on their website. But, um, okay. but yeah, we've, you know, with all things Metallica fan club, they like you to sign in and all that and they can get the analytics. Okay. But yeah, they played this once um, mm. June 4th, 2002. They did this sort of impromptu gig. I think they had they gigged for like two years. They didn't even have Rob as the new bass player. It was Bob Rock. I was going to say, I think I have seen this. Yeah, it's, 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 it's on Bob some Rock kind of monster. The there might be footage of it, yeah. Yeah. And uh, but they do that's a good the version. only time. Yeah, that's the, that's the only time they've ever done this live, yeah. Um, well, I am going to hijack your show for a moment okay. because we, we also talked about how many times the band's played it live. And this song is a top five most played for the Ramones. Interesting. Um, now... That was I get I think you might get your stats. We're we're not so different, you and I. Um <laughs> you uh I get a lot of those stats from that setlist.fm site. Yes. Yeah. So on that it has six hundred and thirty seven, but we were lucky enough, and I'll shout him out here, his name was Evan Reese. Uh a fan of our show realized that the stats for the Ramones weren't complete. So he made an adjustment factor to figure out what the stats really should have been. Because there's just like concert so that just say like they played this show, but there's no set list. Yeah. Um, so he figured it out that it should have been close to one thousand two, one thousand nine hundred twenty-three times. Christ. That they, I know. That's, that's one of their <laughs> yeah, yeah, marquee the songs. Right answer. Like that's the exact right response. <laughs> Jesus. It's like Christ. on a blitzkrieg bop like level. Like I didn't even realize it is. I, that's the number one. I mean, it's that yeah. song, and like I want to be sedated, and then some others, and then this one. She Sheena is up there. I'm guessing. 
I think Sheena's up there. Beat on the Brad is definitely up there. Rock and Roll High I mean, School like, is that there? Maybe top Rock, 10, Rock, that one. I, Rock and Roll High School. I like being I like being quizzed on this for yeah. real. Um, I want to say it's top twenty, maybe top fifteen. It's difficult. It, sometimes it's difficult and sometimes it's not. But basically, if it's on the first three ish albums, they probably played it a thousand times because <laughs> they like they liked what they liked and they're gonna do it forever. And and then they'd sprinkle in things. And by virtue of Rock and Roll High School coming in like four years later, you're mm. like, well, you missed a bunch of shows, so you're gonna be yeah behind these others. But but yeah, no, they played the hell out of the song. And you know, so the riff establishes itself, and it is a little anonymous. It's a little. I don't want to be derogatory. It's a little Ramonesy. And uh, we kind of set, we set up the riff. It's a bit like a Motorhead riff, you know, establishing some sort of melody up top, resolving into some good old fashioned punk chugging. And, mm-hmm. and it, that, yeah. that, that, that's kind of the template of the song. You know, it's a very brief song. What I find most interesting about the track, as of a lot of Ramon songs, the subject matter. I mean, <laughs> apparently the lyrics had to be changed, right? Because they were too offensive. Yeah. Yeah. The original lyrics of I'm a Nazi baby, I'm a Nazi, yes I am. Yep. Somebody uh they're <laughs> Fight they're, for the Fatherland, uh, I think as well was in there. Yeah. 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 But they uh yeah, they dialed it back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. It's it's tough to it's weird. I, I don't know if we can date this show, but we're having this conversation in two thousand nineteen. Mm-hmm. And on our show, we it was just last year, but still, uh my co my co host Molly and I we're talking about how if we had talked about this song, say, 10 years ago, we might have, like, a little more relaxation about yeah. the term Nazi. And because like, those guys are gone. And now we're like, oh, now we have to watch our P's and Q's with this and say things like, I don't support Nazis. Just yeah. so we're clear. I, yeah, it is, it is baffling. It, 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 it's it, bonkers. It, it, it should be. And wasn't, um, wasn't a member of Ramones Jewish as well? Uh, yes, Joey Ramone. Yeah. The singer. Was there any tension actually, between him and Dee Dee? Because Dee Dee like, grew up in Germany, right? And so G- Dee Dee was born... Yes. Yeah. I don't think he was born there, but yeah, he definitely lived in Germany. And he, like... Yeah. He lived in Germany for a long while. Um, and then moved uh, to Queens, where he eventually met everybody else. But yeah. It's yeah, like I say, like um, Commando we covered before, Fifty um, Third and Third as well. Like just, just kind of the topics of the songs are yeah. really entrancing, and that's not to say there isn't a lot of power here. And I'm not trying to d- diminish kind of the effect. I do think, mm-hmm. as I said before, that Ramones just do a better version, just because it's just got that attitude and swagger and that originality dripping from it. Right I here. think. Yeah, I, I was thinking of that too, and I was wondering. It, it's funny when these type of things happen, where you're like, this is fucking metallica shouldn't this just be like a home run what is what is happening that i'm not hearing and i thought of that same thing too that like i wonder if it just comes down to the fact that the ramones version at least on the album it's from their first album Mm -hmm. it closes the album yeah and there's something to the fact that they were like young at the beginning of the career with everything to prove it was like we gotta do this you know this is us playing at the top of our game and then Metallica, when they're doing it, is like, we've been playing stadiums for 20 years, and we don't have a bass player right now, and screw this, we're just doing it. And, like, we know more notes than the Ramones ever knew existed. But it just, like, I don't know. I, I feel like that may be some of the imbalance 
Mm-hmm. There. It's, that, it, it's it, in vogue with some of their heritage and their lineage of the, the garage ink where they covered a lot of that old sort of new wave of British heavy metal sure. and, and punk ideas. So it's it's not too far flung from that. But 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 yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And it is interesting actually, I didn't realise until until this morning that it was the final track on the album. But it makes sense yeah. because it I, I love the outro. The outro is so different to the rest of the song. It goes oh, up yeah. the key. You know, all these kind of syncopated lines weaving in and out, and James is kind of vamping on himself. And the the, the line, today your love, tomorrow the world, that's kind of um, taken from a Hitler speech, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> today yes, Europe, is. tomorrow the world, I think so, is the quote, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and so that's the thing. And the, it's this is such a weird song. I'm glad I'm here to talk about this, but it's so awkward to talk about. But the thing that I think about with with that song, at least in in the case of the Ramones, part of what really hits for me, I'm glad you mentioned how it changes. Mm. It comes at the end of the album. This is their first album, the album that starts with Blitzkrieg Bob, arguably like their song, like the number one song of theirs, right? The way it ends is the same chords as Blitzkrieg Bob. Oh, that's cool. So it almost like the album starts and ends sort of the same way. And I've always kind of liked, and this is me either being a very forgiving fan uh, or somebody with a amount of privilege looking the other way on some sort of nationalism. But I've taken, yeah, it's obviously them playing with, they know what they're playing with, with this Nazi imagery. But given the fact that it's their first album and they've probably got to be the most optimistic they're ever going to be in their career, which it's not saying much because they're going to get real bitter real fast, mm-hmm. but they're really optimistic. They end the album, the end of their album, kind of saying, we did it, and tomorrow we're going to be the biggest band in the world. It, that's always, like, the spirit that I got from it, in a way. And and so removed from that to just be, like, a cover, like a one-off performance, you're kind of like, well, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it separates on that. It, even the fact that the Ramones version, the album version, has a lead-in. Uh, they play I Don't Want to Walk Around With You mm. before that. And the way that the album kind of moves, it's almost like a concert, and then those last two tracks are sort of the encore, and they bleed into each other. So even by virtue of that, it's just weird to hear Today Your Love from All Your World on its own without the I Don't Want to Walk Around With You song. You know, it's just like, I, I don't know, the context of the album, I think, of the Ramones album says something and i guess the context of the metallica cover does too because it doesn't have the album around it so you're kind of stuck with what it is and why do you think it's today you'll love tomorrow the world it kind of seems slightly out of step with the overall message of the song i've heard some readings of it you know sort of the underlying uh homoerotic undertones of the song maybe Ooh, uh i don't know about that um but i i Given the other subject matter that Dee Dee wrote about, it is not uh, out of the realm of possibility. Sure. Um, I, I, again, maybe from me just defending it as some sort of fan who doesn't want to believe that they thought highly of who they thought highly of. Yeah. Um, I honestly always kind of painted a picture with the lines as this little like troubled German kid who's fallen in with like Hitler youth, right? And he was like, he's getting pushed around and he's angry, but if he, you know, like if I can do this, then I'll, I'll win that girl's heart. Cause they did sing about girls a lot. And I kind of have applied that to it too. To be yeah. Like it's this warped dysfunctional. I hope I get the girl song, <laughs> which 
tracks with a lot of the Ramones catalog too, to be perfectly honest. That's 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 often often one of their subjects is like, I hope this girl doesn't get abducted by alien monsters because I think she's cute. Uh-huh. You know, it's like nothing's out of the realm of possibility. And outside of the lyrics, musically, how do you feel about the way Metallica tackle uh, the guitars and such? Um, it threw me off to tell you the truth because it's in a different key. Yeah. Um, uh, it, uh, and again, I don't know if it was just that sort of uncanny valley-ness or I'm like, this seems like Today Your Love. Um, but it was, you know, it, it, they're doing what they do. Um, I don't know. It, it was kind of all right. It, it's funny in preparing for your show, I, uh, quickly ran through a lot of Metallica songs just besides this song. Mm. And, and it struck me that their song, wait a minute, I don't want to mess it up, Motor Breath. Mm-hmm. The beginning of Motor Breath sounds like the beginning of Today Your Love Tomorrow, uh, your lo- uh, Today Your Love Tomorrow the World. Yeah, I can hear that. That's it, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's their version of it, but I'm like, that sounds more like it <laughs> than this thing, <laughs> whatever it is. I don't know. It, I, the performance is okay. I, I honestly thought the like the count off at the beginning in German was a little much for me to tell you the truth. Yeah, especially because they did it with the commando one as well, and it's like, why are you yeah. doing it again? Like, yeah, it feels it feels very. And again, this goes back to what we were saying earlier, where like the Ramones were playing the hardest they could, and this is the best they could do at the beginning of their career, and Metallica just playing knows more. At this at this point, what is it like two thousand two or two thousand three? Yeah, yeah. They know more about everything, so I'm sure they're like, "Oh, we're gonna do a bunch of Ramon songs." Like, "Oh, I'll I'll shout out the one, two, three, fours in German because Dee Dee did that sometimes." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, man, I I know." But he also said one, two, three, four, and the and the story is also that sometimes he said one, two, three, four in German without even knowing he was doing it. Like it just came out. Yeah, yeah. So it was like that's like natural <laughs> as opposed to every time it's one two three four in german so i'm like all right buddy and you know I get it it's, it's you're clever <laughs> it's it's over before it begins really like all these ramon songs you know it, it's not quite on a oh, yeah. now i'm gonna sniff some glue i think that's like 90 seconds or something but this is like two minutes and, and, and a bit and um interesting as well on that happy family tribute um john Fashanti covered this song it's the hidden song at the end of the album after 30 yeah, seconds I, of silence i like that have you have you heard i haven't actually heard it what is it is it i imagine it's a very is it that kind of simpering for shanty or uh, is it (laughs) yeah and it's it's weird and it but it gets you out of the like the direct comparison right it's like you're not you're not gonna try to play it as fast or like as rock you know you don't invite those weird comparisons it's more yeah it's way more like i don't know if maudlin's the right word Mm -hmm. but it he definitely took like a different way which kind of it's either creepier or kind of funnier to do it that way (laughs) you know it's like either he really takes it seriously and he's singing this soulfully and you're like oh that's creepy or it's kind of legitimately funny because why in the hell would you ever sing this song like that so i i i kind of enjoy it for that just the fact that it's a complete left turn and just wrapping up now, any final thoughts on this track, Philip? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's not, I, it's not my favorite uh, Metallica song. 
<laughs> um, I, I was excited. It's it's almost the type of thing where I was excited to hear what they would do, and it was just kind of like, oh, that's what that's what they, yeah, they they did it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I also kind of think that like you mentioned earlier that Joey Ramone was Jewish. Yeah, and he he's such a different singer from James Hetfield. It's not even close. And the performance of the vocals to hear someone say, "I'm a shock trooper in a stupor." with James Hetfield's voice is different than hearing Joey Ramone say it. And I wonder if that kind of like cushions the blow or or gives some spin on it that you're just like, oh, this is different. Because the way that Hetfield says it, you almost could believe. I'm not calling anybody anything here, by the right, way. Right, right, of course. But, um, <laughs> but I, you know, like it, he he says it with a lot of balls and you know, he's a big dude. And, and you're like, ah, I don't know if I'm so comfortable with this, but if like some scrawny, weird looking gangly Jewish guy kind of croons it out in this weird faux English accent, yeah. you're like, oh, th- something else is going on here. I'm not sure th- this isn't, this is okay. You know, like, I don't know it. So as far as the performance goes, it's like, I, I, I would have liked to seen more, something like i i would have preferred them to do a less like tough guy song i would have loved to see like metallica do danny says or metallica Mm. do i want to be your boyfriend like like juice that one up with metallica power you know and like just really change it up i i i would have been more interested in that there's still time they can still do it yeah totally yeah i mean there's rumors that they're going to do another covers ep or album or something like that and i wouldn't be surprised i in general i typically love i at least love the idea of cover songs anyway i i think that's just a cool way to learn about the band like you said at the top it's like i don't think anybody would necessarily say like oh metallica obviously they're into the ramones like it doesn't yeah. always jump out at people but it's but the proof's in the pudding i mean they did what six songs so you're like they must like something from these guys so it's just interesting to learn about them by the their song choice of other artists so i i'd love it if they did more yeah yeah it was uh, i think i think it was five um maybe, maybe was five? six i think so yeah so basic chemos that we mentioned before 2002 they opened with four covers so they opened with commando into tell your love 53rd and third now i want to sniff some glue then into like hit the lights leper messiah and bell top like oh, wow. it's a really nice dichotomy and i think they did we're a happy family as well which we are actually going to cover uh later oh, yeah. on in a few months so that'll be fun to have you back on but um sure. I, I, you know what, what do you think of the covers in general by metallica of the ramones do you rank today your love high low or uh i would probably put it on the lower side i think i like not to get ahead of ourselves but i think i like we're a happy family okay and commando okay. the best i really Some... like commando as well personally yeah 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 and that's i don't know if it fits sort of the image of metallica too but it's just like it just kind of that one really works i, I like i um, like hearing hetfield say vietnam yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah just works. um i like i, I thought the 53rd and third one i i i left a little for me to be desired mm. i feel like but um and, and then this one too and i'm like oh hmm. um i'm kind of glad they did now i want to sniff some glue just because it's just a, such a ridiculous song I don't know. It just I'm I'm kind of glad that they're almost just wasting everybody's time by making them listen to it. <laughs> it's like that's right. 
we're doing this. You can't stop us. And of course, it's worth saying that on the album that this is from for the Ramones, their debut, they actually covered a song on that, right? Let's Dance is a Chris Mont- oh, yeah. Montez cover. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Like all, I don't, I don't know if it's all four or five of their first albums have like sort of bubblegum pop fifties rock oh. and roll, like sock hop songs that they just buzz saw through. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, California oh, yeah. Sun on the second one, right, as well. Oh, California. Yeah. California Sun's the... If you've heard that, then you're you're gold. That's one of their best. Sloppy and everything. Yeah, well, that's what you want from Ramones, right? You, you kind of do. It's, it's funny. Um, I, I was trying to think about that because I, I was actually tra- thinking about how, like, Metallica liking the Ramones and how it's just different from what I think of Metallica. And it's like their songs are like six minutes long, but every Ramones song is like two and a half. And they're just different. And I was thinking about like, yeah, what do you want from a Ramones song versus a Metallica song? And and yeah, you kind you kind of want uh energy and you want energy, humor, excitement, and then like performance and prowess it's like they they had a structure and a way of performing that they did precisely it was just often like variations on the same color you know it's like it's all going to be downstrokes it's pretty much going to be major keys they're going to be over real soon but within that they still play with like all these different weird things and they they don't use a whole lot of words but the words they use are usually pretty powerful a la love and nazis um so i mean you're gonna get some images out of this that you have to deal with but you only have like a minute and a half to deal with that because then another one's coming right after that and people if you've not heard their cover of i don't want to grow up by tom waits i think it's one of the great tom waits covers it's really good they 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 really nail that one. I love that song. I love that I album like Tom, cover I as like well. Tom Waits a lot, but that yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um as we always do, we close with a few quick fire questions. Uh, okay. what, what is your favorite Metallica song? I'm going to say it's Hero of the Day. Nice. Okay. Which is an odd choice for the fact that it's on albums that I'm not particularly in love with. Yeah. But I I think there's something about that song, and I also kind of enjoy the part where they're just in the middle bridge where they're like, wait a minute, are we fucking Metallica? And they just riff the hell yeah. out of it for a while. And yeah. it's kind of a, yeah, that's my that's my one. I hear, it's the one I hear probably the most on the radio now. Okay. Well, I understand, man. I yeah, yeah. A lot, but yeah, well, but um, yeah, no, here, I'll stick with Hero of the Day. Seek and Destroy would be up there too, but Hero of the Day. Album by the band? Kill Em All. Kill Em All, good choice. No one ever I picks think- Kill Em All. Yeah, I, no one. Very, it's 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 master or justice or ride, pretty much. They glue. Yes, and, and maybe it's maybe it's just yeah, maybe it's the fact that it's just where it is in their catalog. It's a very Ramonesy album, to be fair. It's got to be the closest of yeah. what they've done, right? Uh-huh. And and there is, and just listening to it again uh, this last couple days before we were recording, I was just like, th- there's just something about hearing like young people excited about doing stuff yeah <laughs> they're like that that is just all over this and it's just it's just and yeah the opening track is so great and no it, it it's that one mm-hmm. i that's the one that i've played the most probably 
Favorite member of the band? I'm going to say Kirk. Kirk, okay. I think it's Kirk. Not necessarily, not necessarily, being a Ramones fan, it's not because I'm like, oh, it's solos. Right. <laughs> but I think, I, on, I honestly think it's just because anytime I've seen them perform or uh, been in interviews, I've always just kind of liked Kirk. He comes off as sort of the least a hole. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, certainly. Usually, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, have you ever seen them live, Metallica? I have. Um, I think it was well. It was definitely in Chicago. Um, I was around the year two thousand at a rock festival. Okay, cool. and they. It was a weird festival. Now that I think about it, because on the lineup was something like um, Screaming Trees, Stone Temple Pilots. Bare Naked Ladies, <laughs> Veruca Salt, but the lead singer had left, so it was only one the one woman. Uh, then Third Eye Blind, and then Kid Rock, and then Metallica. Damn, I know it's it was kind of great, but it was but it, when you look back at it, you're like, what was Bare Naked Ladies doing on this set? <laughs> I actually love Bare Naked Ladies, but yeah, that doesn't make any sense. For sure, them but there. I mean. No. Come on. No, you're not doing them any fit. No. no. This James, crowd James is not a one week fan. I'm certain of that. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a cover. That is a cover I want to see. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, so, see, so that was. I'm trying to find set list now. Was that January 4th, 2000, the All State Arena? No. no? It would have been the, it would have been the summer, summer, and it was definitely at a racetrack. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, oh, here we go. Motor Speedway. Uh, yeah. July. Maybe. July 22nd. 2000 that sounds about right Ooh, that's a, okay. oh man i'm gonna look that up yeah, what did they open they open with creeping death they did yeah it, you're right. it does look like a festival set actually because it's a bit shorter and it's mostly hits yeah 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 i remember fuel being really great yeah fuel they like did that. uh sabbath true fade to black seek just they did all, everything pretty much yeah 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 and it was also weird because that was i want to say not to talk about of all people kid rock but right. that was when he had the song that sampled oh american badass yeah 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 Mm -hmm. and so it was weird he like kind of closed with that and then the next band is going to be freaking metallica and you're like what the hell's happening Uh (laughs) so um what about uh i mean i normally ask this question but you kind of gonna have to do another answer on top of it because i normally ask if you to do a podcast about a band that you love what would you cover ramones of the day is there people put the links down below are there any other bands you'd like to do hypothetically I, I, I'll do the Ramones again. No, <laughs> why um, not? Uh, Z to A this uh, time. Yeah, um, I think the band I would probably want to do is the Rolling Stones. Ooh. Okay. Um, but part of part of why I didn't part of well, I should say part of what drew me to doing the Ramones was that it was a closed catalog. You know, it's like yes, four of the members are dead. Like, there's no other material. It's done. Um, so I actually I want to ask you like. I mean, you're doing this, but are, every time Metallica will announce an album, are you just praying it's all like Z titles? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not too OCD centric, so I'll be okay with just doing addendums afterwards. But uh, you know, yeah, it'll be fun if in two years they bring out an album. I'll definitely be back with loads of guests. I'm going to continue the podcast because the podcast will be done uh, in October, I think. But there's so, oh, there's, so there's so many things that I haven't. I haven't done a, some kind of monster episode, for example. Uh, I want to do episodes oh, on yeah. all the members and all their sort of history and biography and relationships. So there's still lots of content to dig into. 
but um, sure. but but yeah, I'll I'll I'll, de- I'll definitely come back. I mean, Metallica, I reckon, have at least got one more studio album, one more covers album in them. Um, maybe a, maybe two or three, but certainly another one. I mean, yeah, they. They're not they're, that old. Like they're in like their early fifties, I think. So yeah, then they have. Yeah. yeah, no, they should totally be doing that. I don't know. What was the last? The last one was two thousand sixteen. Uh, that's right. Yeah, two thousand sixteen. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, a couple years, something. It'll happen. It'll happen. But a, a, yeah, ro- a Rolling Stones podcast. I like that. But that is sprawling. That it is really so is. Much Pro- I mean, there's. Beatles there's a lot of that reasons not like, to do it. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons not to do it. One of the which is there's like three hundred songs. Yeah, but. I just they're they're one of my favorite bands and I also feel like they're one of the bands that was like they did so many things right and so many things wrong that it's just entertaining to talk about them. Totally. You know what I mean? So many members as well. Oh, so yeah. Just it's it that's they they've farted more rock and roll yeah. stories than anybody oh has ever dreamed of and yeah, it, it it would be amazing, but it's also like how long am I going to live? That <laughs> is just, yeah, yeah. I, I, whenever, whenever guests offer up their suggestions at the end, I always do a quick Google. And it looks like there are quite a few Rolling Stones podcasts, obviously. Uh, one called yeah. Under the Radar, which just started this year, where they're just, it looks like they're just going, they've done a, okay, their first four episodes is just on Bridges to Babylon. So they're going Mike. by no real order, but. Well, see, that's the, that's the other problem is if you, if you set this up, you have to go through those things. Yeah. And I mean, we ran into that with the Ramones one too where it's like boy there's some songs where like i I actually ran the stats by the end that uh you could tell like rocket to russia is their third album it's arguably their best Hmm. it's definitely a fan favorite and like our episode length reflects that or like we talk a long time about those and then some of the other albums are like the average episode is like 15 minutes long like nah we didn't. We didn't really have much to say, nor did we want to, because there were some songs you're like, ugh. But yeah, I can't imagine that with the Stones, like going through Bridges to Bridges to Babylon, or I don't know, Undercover, or blah. Yeah, yeah, all that Voodoo Lounge, and yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I don't really know the Stones that well, to be honest with you. But I'm kind of somewhat familiar. But but yeah, some sort of Grand Stones podcast would be awesome if someone was to throw that awesome. down. But but that but, yeah. that would be my one. Yeah, I, I I really want to make a map of like all the band podcasts around the world and like who covers what because there's so many bands. Um, I don't yeah. think Soundgarden or Nirvana have a podcast. Oh, see, you know? see those those I I would love to do a Soundgarden one. Yeah, me um, too. I think everybody's considered Nirvana probably, but honestly, I would be intimidated to do it because I feel like that's such Cobain's so like untouchable. That if you got anything wrong, you're yeah. going to get crucified. I mean, we got we got corrected on, you know, like oh, yeah. we, you know, a couple of people were like, well, actually, you know, this guy did the solo for this. And then uh-huh. but uh, but I but that's nothing. There's nothing to, I would expect that would compare to what we said if Kurt Cobain liked Cheerios for breakfast. We were like, <laughs> you don't know what you don't know anything. I mean, I, I, you know, on, on the morbid side, though, it, it's a very small discography Nirvana to go through. So yeah, it see, wouldn't quite why, take as long. That's why I was like, I was like, we could do Nirvana or like the Stone Roses. Oh, or, I love the Stone Roses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a quick 24 episodes. You're in and out. That's right. It's two out. Al- it's lots of EPs, isn't it? And then just two albums. It's just kind of, yeah. You're like, oh, it's great. And one of the biggest, biggest musical shifts ever 
to go from sort of virtuoso dream pop into like Zeppelin slide blues. It's like what the <laughs> heck? Like where did that come from? Like <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. That might be that might be one just to investigate anyway to put alphabetically because I don't know if you've gotten this. Now we're just talking shop, Tom. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've gotten this, but something that we really enjoyed was getting the songs out of their album context and putting them next to each other made for interesting comparisons and to just show like how different those songs were in terms of quality or performance or anything like that. And I thought that I always thought that was cool about the alphabetical like experiment was that you, you are looking at it this way, but you're also having to take the last song that you listen to, not the way that the that the artist determined it should be heard, mm-hmm. right? So you've just now gone almost shuffle by some anal retentive spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's the yeah, I- it's iPodification of music listening. The iPodification, yes. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And yeah. it's like uh, there's certain idiosyncrasies that are thrown up by, that are unanticipated by the alphabetical ordering. So when I did the show... For whatever reason, load and reload songs were coming up loads uh, in like the A, B, and Cs, and I actually kind of despise those albums. And sure. I'm kind of known in the Metallica community and kind of ostracized for that opinion. And I was like, I was, "Are you it, though?" I thought that was like, but I thought that isn't universally held. I thought that was universally. There's a lot held. of apologists who think they're good records when they're not, and they try and convince themselves. And <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know. You know, check the old episodes. The listeners know about this debate that's been going on. But but yeah, you're completely oh. right. And and it is just fun when you initially put them in the order and say, oh, we're covering this, and then we're jumping here. And, and like, yeah, we, we, with the Roses, yeah, that would be that would be nothing. I think maybe if a band is small and stone Roses, it'd make more sense to do, like, the British scene podcast or something, like, and just cover oh, yeah. bands from a that, from that kind scene. of... A, Brit, a Britpop podcast. Because there is an Oasis podcast, but it's it's really, like... Is there? De- yeah, it's really detailed, but not very satisfying. The guy covers a lot mm. of stuff and puts a lot of clips in there, but he doesn't really talk about the songs as much as I want him to. So, okay. um... I think again, I like Oasis, like like every fucking British kid. Like you know, we grew up on Oasis. Like you know, um, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, just because we're on the topic, recently, especially, I'm very much an Elastica person. I I don't really even know Elastica. I know the name, but oh my god, Uh, Elastica was also part of the Britpop scene. Okay, and I'm gonna screw up her name, but the lead singer dated uh, Damon from Blur. Was that Justine Frischman? Yes. Okay. Yes. That first album, this is another like Stone Roses moment, but that first album is so effing good. Ooh. It's just exactly what you want in terms of like, just get some like teenagers playing guitars and writing amazing pop songs. And uh, it's, it's just that. And, and it, it's, it's different enough from like Blur and Pulp and Oasis and those guys that you're like, oh yeah, this could have really been something. And then they, they wrote another one and like, you know, the band changed hands around and you're like, oh, it's all right. But that first one's aces. You know, one of the things I love about this podcast is people always recommend records to me normally at the end of the episodes. Oh, yeah, right. So I'm definitely going to check that out. I've just added that to my Spotify playlist. Yeah, Elastica, yeah, their debut from 95. Uh, apparently it's in the 1001 albums you must hear before you die. Uh, I agree. Fourth, fourth best album of the year by Rolling Stone that year. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So... I want I want to hijack your show one more time. Okay. Um, I, I I thought about this a lot, and I, I was really first of all, thank you for having me on this. Of course. I, I'm I'm glad to meet uh, other psychopaths who do things alphabetically. <laughs> um, I'm glad, but I'm also glad that it was like you know 
it's like different tastes, but also similar tastes. Yeah. So I wanted, so I wanted to do this thing because I'm, th- I was thinking about the Ramones and I was thinking about Metallica. I came up with just some recommendations to try to corrupt any listeners out there. If they've thought about getting into, they're obviously big Metallica fans, but they've thought about the Ramones or they've like looked aside and like not gotten into them. I have some recommendations on how they could get into the Ramones. Okay. Okay. So this is super scientific, but I wrote it down. Okay. So you're going to need an open mind because you can't judge uh, the prowess and the skill in the traditional way. Like it's not going to be the precision that you get with Metallica. It's going to be a different type of precision, but more accessible, if that's the right way. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, yeah. You're going to have to accept humor, although it could be dark, weird, and dumb. You're going to have to accept that as fun, but it's not necessarily stupid. Um, you're, you can also think of the Ramones albums as sort of like half-hour sweets. That was the big thing I thought of was like, the thing I'd often heard of like friends of mine who are big Metallica fans is they like how complicated the songs are. And so then the Ramones didn't write very complicated songs, which I cannot argue. But if you take the albums as a piece, it's one long suite with just like little tiny breaks in between. Um, so you can think of it that way as sort of like a, con- a conceptual thing and minimalism. Uh, you also have to find the characters fascinating in that Joey, like you said, Joey is a Jewish guy singing about Nazi stuff. He also had OCD and wore his heart on his sleeve. Uh, Johnny's a right wing maniac who played guitar the exact same way all the time. Uh, Dee's practically schizophrenic and wrote the weirdest autobiography ever, um, which might be lies, but is also super fascinating. Um, so that makes it interesting that it was like these cat these people were like yep. together and they didn't murder each other. Uh, and then the respect that I think the Ramones would get, and this kind of ties into the Metallica thing, is that I don't think they were around to make people play just like them. I think their biggest legacy is that they showed that anybody can do this stuff. It's like so people would go to their concerts and be like, either I want to be just like that. Or if these four guys can do it, then I sure as hell can do it. And that's where you get like the clash starts a band and Metallica starts up. Cause oh, like, yeah. surely somebody saw these guys from like, well shit, we can write some songs. Yeah. I think, you know? I think and, Kirk said that he felt the Ramones invented downstrokes. <laughs> they, they didn't invent it, but they definitely like tried to patent it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's that's my public service announcement. If you can keep those things in mind, you may open your your hearts to weird half hour long uh, blasts of Ramones. Yeah, they're really short. Good... The, the debut is like twenty eight minutes or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. proper brief. Yeah, yeah it's 14, 14 songs in twenty eight, twenty nine minutes. Mm-hmm. You're you're in and out. They don't waste your time. Yeah, there's none. Of, there's no there's no commercial breaks. There's no banter. <laughs> The, the, the funniest thing about them is if you ever saw them in concert or watch concert footage when they introduce songs like they say like our next song is now I want to sniff some glue and the lyrics are literally now I want to sniff some glue like you didn't even have to say that why did you bother introducing it 
<laughs> well, this has been great, and I'm really looking forward to the We're a Happy Family episode, which yeah, me is too. coming up fairly soon. Let me just see when that will be out. Uh, we're, that will be out in the 14th of October, so uh, a few okay. months away. By then, I would have listened to Elastica's debut a fair few times. So You will uh, not regret it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I, I, lo- I love this sort of music, and it's completely passed me by. I've never even heard of this band, so yeah, definitely going to listen to that today. Um, I guess finally, like, you know, yourself and the podcast or anything else, anything you'd like to promote? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, our podcast is called Ramones of the Day. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at Ramones Podcast. Um, just a couple other things, if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, I've filled up your data with all my rambling, but um, it's been a while, and my podcast has been shut down. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I have a couple others. Um, one uh, is going to be starting up uh, sometime, I think, in the fall or winter. Um, a friend of mine and I are going to uh, do mock court trials to determine what is the true best double album, and it is called... The People versus the White Album. Wow, I love that idea. So yeah, so yeah, we're gonna be doing like Exile Main Street and the song The Key of Life because you always hear that the Beatles' White Album is the greatest ones, and we're like, let's. Oh, wait, let's I don't, put this I, the I don't, I don't even rank the White Album highly in the Beatles catalog, to be honest. Th- that's that's the one. That's one of my arguments. I'm gonna do when I get yeah. to play the lawyer. Yeah. Um, but uh, but then uh, the third one is actually uh, I have a comedy podcast. Uh, called Super Punk Radio, mm-hmm. and uh, that is like a fake radio channel where we promise to play nothing but music, but it's actually uh, three minutes of fake commercials. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, these are great. But these those are great. Are what, what varied output there. And are you going to talk about, yeah, about signing? Are you going to talk about signing the times on the double album one? Oh yeah, I I feel like not to tip our hand, but I feel like that's going to be a contender. For sign of the sign of the time, so good. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. Ve- there's very few double albums, in my opinion, that justify being one, and that is certainly one of them. Well, th- I'm gonna bump back because I Metallica's last one is technically a double album, right? I mean, I know it's it is technically yeah. Era. It's not like thematically consistent in that sense. It's just kind of two discs, and that is just filler central. That album, jeez. <laughs> Like, really again i'm a little bit of an outcast for that because everyone's like it's new metallica da, da, da. i'm like there's like three good songs on it like it's... i gotta say I, I in again like i was going through the catalog and i was listening to that um it's the hardwired one right that's right. hardwired yeah um i sound like everybody's mom it's the hardwired <laughs> one um i really enjoyed the first half of it mm-hmm. it's yeah. almost like it's like yeah you guys you could you can stop you just don't have to. <laughs> you don't need to. Yeah, exactly. Like we're no, happy what we got. Fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this has been great, Philip. This has been a really fun episode. Yeah. So guys, go check out all of Philip's projects. We'll we'll put the links down below. Of course, check out Ramones of the Day as well. Um, yeah, I'll follow us at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Patreon is there. iTunes is there. We've got lots of good songs coming up. We've got Too Late, Too Late next week, which is a Motorhead cover. Then Trapped Under Ice, Tuesday's Gone, Turn the Page. And then we get into the Unforgiven Trilogy. And um, yeah, got some really fun guests for that coming up as well. But uh, this has been great. Philip, thank you again. Thank you so much for having me and keep it up. <laughs> <laughs>